Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning, good morning. Is this thing on? Yeah, I'm scrambling to get ready. And guess what? Gotta be ready. It's showtime. So seven minutes after the hour. Glad to be with you on a Saturday morning. I'm moving at a snail's pace this morning, so bear with me. But uh, I do have a lot of good content for you. That's what I am preparing. That's what I'm working on. Um, I'm here with DeMarco this morning and Anne, and we're together for the next three hours taking your calls, 404-872-0750. And coming up in the next few weeks, Becky Griffin from the University of Georgia, the Mountain Research and Education Center up in Blairsville will join us. Premier Tree Solutions will be back to help you with your trees. And I think I'm going to try to get a guest from like a a pond store. I think there is such a thing, DeMarco, as a pond store where you can go like a like a pool supply place, you know, but you go and get stuff for your ponds. And I think that would be really interesting. Someone called last week about um, algae in her pond. And I just don't know enough about that topic, but I have seen like floating flowers in a pond and just all the different, you know, plant recommendations that you can have around a pond if that is what you would like to do in your landscape. So that's going to be kind of exciting. That's going to be something different. And then in August, not only do we have the Great Georgia Pollinator Census coming up where we help count pollinators and do, you know, kind of citizen scientist research work uh, for the University of Georgia and for this census. But it's uh, Rosalind Carter's birthday is in the middle of August. And so there's a Pollinator Appreciation Day centered in and around Mrs. Carter's birthday. And so I'm hoping to be a part of that and get some cool audio and sound and talk to some fascinating people and bring that back to you. So 404-872-0750. And towards the end of the show, Pike Nursery will be along to talk about summer care rose tips. So that's going to be great in case you see a little bit of a decline in your roses, maybe some fungal issues, black leaves, bud drop, anything like that. I actually will post a picture once I get my act together this morning. Um, I let the dog out last night. And my knockout roses, I deadheaded them. I, I practice what I preach. Um, I went along and deadheaded them about three weeks ago, took off all the expired blooms with some sharp, you know, shears, and they're just now starting to rebloom. My knockouts are, so they've been going at it for a number of months. And you know what a, a rose looks like. I mean, the petals are wide and long, and um, this one had very stunted-looking petals, just this one bloom, and I thought, what in the world is wrong with that? So I don't know. I took a picture. I'll let you guys diagnose that. All right, now we go to the phones for WSB Green and Growing. And guess who it is? It's Nicole from Griffin. Hello. Ashley. So how long have you been calling 
I, uh, Green and Growing's been on for two and a half years, but the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves was on for 26. How long have you been a part of our shows? Oh, rats. Uh, I mean, could we safely say 10 years? I think it's been more than that. Oh, more than that, yeah, because <laughs> Mr. Reeves, one, one, uh, one time he said, uh, Nicole, how many years? I said 20-something. Oh yeah. Okay. I, it's been, uh, I've been here for 24 years in my house, so uh, I needed some advice. And and you found Walter Reeves, which was amazing, and that ended up being a wonderful thing, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, me so me. how did you how did you pick up gardening? Was it just that you got the house and you needed help, and that's what made you start having an interest in it? Yes, because I needed some advice. I read, I read, I listen to him, and I watch him on Saturday afternoon on TV. Because this clay here, when you come from the north. Oh. And when you say north, you're talking Canada. You're Canada, not talk- yeah, yeah, you're not talking north United oh. States. So it's totally different. And we have a, a much longer warm season than probably what you're used to. Yeah, yeah, because I could, uh, I, I was glad to get, in, to get in Georgia because we can plant and garden all year round. Mm-hmm. There's always something to do, you know. Talking about you knock out roses. Uh, I'm telling you, the, there's something very strange with the one, the latest one that bloomed. It's tiny. I don't understand why it looks different than the rest. Ashley. Yeah. I have this knockout roses. It's in uh, uh, some kind of raised bed. I've been trying to kill it for five years. Oh, wow. So you don't want it. No. Dig it out. Can... Cut it all the way back and dig out the root ball. I did and it came and back? It came back. Holy I God. mean, if people love roses, that's the way it is because that's the way to go because it's just so resilient. Mm-hmm. No, and that's true. Yeah, yeah. Depending. Maybe it's the wrong place, you know, but I have the right place. But at least uh, this time they yield the bloom, uh, no, well, the bloom and the leaves are dark. Oh. Almost black, you know. So that's a different, you know, way to see it because I see a lot of roses. Whoop! This idea they don't look too good. Mm-hmm. But knockout is the <laughs> if you like them. Yeah, knockouts are pretty sturdy, and they oh, do yeah. rebloom for a number of months. Um, they're a little more disease resistant, but I don't think any rose is subject to no. you know mm-hmm. not being affected by uh, a fungal disease. However, what became so prevalent uh, five, ten years ago, and it was more so noticed in knockouts because they're everywhere, was that rose rosette disease. And that was kind of my first thought when I thought this bloom on my knockout looks funny. But rose rosette, um, it's, it's transmitted by the vector is a mite, and it lives in the soil for a long time. So it's not like you can just yank out the affected plants and then replant roses there. Any rose will be affected. So um, it's where the plant starts to look twisted and gnarly looking and the growth becomes almost like a reddish color rather than green and it definitely I mean it just has a look to it where you're like that doesn't look right um and once a knockout and then you know ones next to it and on down the line are affected by rose rosette that's totally fatal no coming back from it you got to yank it out but did you try to uh, uh cut them in winter 
Um, I do every year, yes, and okay. and I always tell the listeners too. Valentine's Day, which is a perfect time to remember roses. I cut my knockouts all the way back, and those stems are only coming out of the ground maybe ten to twelve inches. And I mean, they're nothing. They are sheared back to nothing. I only keep maybe the sturdiest four or five stems. Yeah. And then it starts to grow. And, you know, I mean, throughout the season, you can prune and you can cut. And it's advisable to deadhead them, like I was saying. But also to cut out the limbs and the smaller stems that are crossing in the middle. You know, yeah. once they all start yeah. to grow into each that. other. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can nut that. Yeah. But anyway, I have a lot of uh, daylily and uh, other um, plants. Oh, they smell so good. Daylilies are still going strong, huh? They have just come back every year, and some year uh, they might cross over the the collar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and boy, uh, boy, they are just uh, when it comes to October, they start to get green again. That's when they get the accumulate the energy, you know. Right, that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up. Anything that grows grows from a bulb or a tuber like that, whether you've got your amaryllis outside or daffodils or daylilies. Once the flowers are gone, it's still really important to leave the leaves above ground until they've yellowed and browned all the way. And then you can remove them because you're right. The sunshine's coming to the leaves. That gives energy back to the bulb. And that's how it stays perennial. That's how it stores the energy to grow again next year. Yeah, because... um any everything that is blooming this year that we happy about it, it was it is a result from last year rain. Do you mm-hmm. remember it rain every day? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's how they recharge. They have enough rain the the year before. So this year, look at the. Uh, um, uh, anyway, uh, the uh, they are just recharging their battery like we do. Yeah. You know, we get tired, and the next day we got a good sleep and good food, and we're just recharging our battery. That's exactly what they do. And uh, when you when you talk about the rainfall, meteorologist Christina Edwards and I just did a video together, I believe this past Wednesday, and I think I shared it on the Green and Growing Facebook page, but we were talking about the drought monitor. Those new numbers are released every Thursday, and parts of Georgia were still in a little bit of like a Uh, I guess I should say maybe level one drought, but I think her numbers before the update on Thursday were like, we would need eight more inches of rain within 30 days to get us back to that safe zone of where we need to be. And I feel like it's rained every day, but that doesn't do enough. It's more, you know, quantity that we need, like full amounts, longer sustained rains that we need to really get to that eight inches of rain in 30 days to get out of this. That's a lot. But, you know, we had three weeks of dry, and that was a wrong time because everything blooming, everything needed yeah. water big time, yeah. you know. So that's why it, it absorbed, the soil absorbs, especially this clay here. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, you're right. And then it becomes compacted sometimes. But with the humid conditions and the rain, I'm I'm glad we're talking to Pike Nursery later in the show about summer rose care tips because, you know, a lot of folks probably are noticing disease on many different plants just because of the sticky air and the moisture that's hanging around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you see affected leaves that look like they're starting to turn black, you know, it wouldn't hurt to just go pluck them off and, and wait and see what happens. But if there's a bigger thing going, then we probably have to introduce some chemicals, which I hate doing, but sometimes you have to. Uh, the little white dust do a lot of, I mean, it's no uh, chemical, it's just a white dust, you know, just to keep the, uh, 
that's what that's what I use. Oh, uh, like seven dust? Yeah. Yeah, that does a lot for insect control too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that because is... the insects going to go and eat the leaves too. Yeah. You know? No, that's been a gardener's staple for as long yeah. as I can remember, decades, oh, yeah. right. Well, Nicole, I'm so glad you took the time to call this morning. I hope everything is well and work's going fine. It's uh, work, work, work. <laughs> 40 years in the trucking, so I might, I'm not mm, the best, you know. Well, everybody remember, there's awesome folks out there like Nicole who are out on the roads and fearful of their lives at times. So you drive safe, not only for yourself, but for the people that are around you and keep uh, mm-hmm. keep people like Nicole, who are such a big part of the economy and the industry in Georgia safe, okay? Let's all do that. No truck, no stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely that's, right. That's the bottom line. And be patient with us because the length and the weight and uh, oh, it takes you a long time to stop, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, lady. Will you be safe out there? Call any time. Enjoy your day. All right, day. catch up with you soon, Nicole. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, and we'll talk to you next, plus the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. 404-872-0750. It's Green and Growing on WSB. Current temperature in Midtown Atlanta is about 73 degrees, and today we are looking forward to a high of 92, I mean 95 tomorrow. Isolated thunderstorms today, not out of the question. 20% chance of rain tomorrow, and hot, hot, hot. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. I like this list. Um, I I like the list every week, but these three things are fun. Number one, do you have cobwebs in the trees? When you look up the webworms, that's the eastern tent caterpillar, and they've built their webs over the branches and the leaves to feed on the leaves. So you may notice that a lot of leaves are gone, but there's rarely any harm to the tree. Get to them as soon as you can. Dispose of the caterpillars, and I know that's tough, especially if they're high up in the trees, if you have some kind of extended pole or something, or you can certainly just leave them. Every year they would get to my weeping cherry tree and it would just be defoliated and ugly. I mean, a weeping cherry tree is supposed to be beautiful and has this nice flow. Well, we just took the cherry tree down, so I haven't seen them this year. Uh, Number two, to harvest sunflower seeds. Be thinking ahead to do that. Let the flower dry. You can keep it on or off the stem and harvest it when the back of the sunflower head turns brown. And just gently rub your hand over the seeded area or pull seeds off maybe with a fork if you need to poke it a little bit and loosen them up. And number three, start seeds of cool weather vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, and lettuce. Start those indoors now in order to be able to transplant them into the garden in early September. So 404-872-0750 coming up in the next half hour. Calls from you, and I also want to get to just a brief conversation on a propagating woody shrubs because July is a great time to do that. If you want to collect cuttings from your favorite shrubs and root them. And I have actually had a cutting of a very unique uh, camellia that was given to me by Jim Pruckler of the North Georgia Camellia Society back in February when I had my visit with them and their exhibition and their show back at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens in February. And I have babied this thing. Uh, It was grafted onto something else. And it started with two beautiful green waxy leaves And I have babied it. So now here we are at the end of July. And it's got a lot more growth on it now. But it was the whole two-liter bottle 
kind of process of being able to propagate that, give it that greenhouse effect and that humidity. So I'll tell you why it's important to do woody cuttings just like that. If you have an empty two liter bottle, where to start, how to do it, and you'll be well on your way if you want to do that. So 404-872-0750, time to take a break and check news, weather, and traffic, and we'll be right back. Good morning, it's Ashley Frasca on WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. We're back on Green and Growing. Have a full show for you today. And definitely want to incorporate your calls into the show. So be a part of the show. 404-872-0750. Um, and as promised, I just posted a picture to the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page of that strange rose bloom on my knockouts that I was talking about, and a picture of Nicole and I from, goodness gracious, last time we met up, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago, uh, for those of you that are wondering who Nicole is, this longtime caller to the Lawn and Garden Show, and she's called my show and supported me over the last two and a half years, so there you go, all kinds of interesting things. Um, on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. And also there under photos, you can search the different albums and two albums that I try to continuously update, but that you'll find very handy are Weed of the Week, uh, a number of different weeds, when they bloom, when you're going to see them in the landscape and just identifying them for you so you know what you have. And also Highway Horticulture. Highway Horticulture is going to be one that at different times of year, starting in spring, when I see trees that are blooming, you know, colorful blooms, from cherries all the way through to smoke trees and grancy gray beard trees. Those are all on there. So you kind of know, ah, okay, that's what I've seen. And I, that came to mind, the Highway Horticulture Facebook page photo album, because Jesse from Conyers is calling about a grancy gray beard fringe tree, and they're awesome. Good morning, Jesse. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashley. So, I'm signing a petition that you work every day of the week, so I get to listen to you. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> oftentimes you do hear me on Sundays. I host a medical show. Isn't that bizarre? Like, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I do traffic during the week and then gardening, a little bit of medicine mixed in. So there's nothing I can't do. Although Dave Baker has not asked me to host his show. Maybe there's a reason why. <laughs> Probably. Well, I've got two. I call you a couple of times a month. We're going to be moving from Rockdale in about a year and a half, Where two to? years maybe. And we're trying to save plants and take them with us. We want to do it from seeds or clippings. And a lot of these were given to us by grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, and all that. So I think I've got the name right. You pronounced one. We've got a bush or a small tree, a Granson graybeard. How do I get a clipping from it or root it so when we move I can take clippings from it? Uh. That one's kind of yeah. hard, um, and I, I'm sure you know transplanting it is not an option because those things get enormous. It's for anyone yeah, that's not good. seen one. It's got white, fluffy, cotton-like blooms. Maybe come what April, May? Would you say, Jesse? Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's just absolutely whimsical looking, really beautiful. And then the fruit that it bears looks like dark blue olives, which is kind of neat. Um, yeah, really tough to move. Now, does it have suckers? Like, do you get a few, you know, growth 
stems from the base? No, I have been looking for one of those, and uh, the only thing that comes up suckers in our yard is uh, Bradford pears. Oh, yeah, you do <laughs> not want those, no. No. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I just don't know. I mean, I was getting ready to talk about um, propagating woody shrubs, but I was thinking more like along the lines of camellias and azaleas and things like that. So, honestly, growing a tree from a cutting, I just don't know. I guess it's worth a, worth a try. Um, when you're looking at something to take a, a cutting from, whether it's a tree or shrub or plant, uh, you want to take something that's kind of in the medium growth stage. And by that, I mean it's not the brand new growth that's just coming on this summer, but it's not an established limb that's been there a couple of years. It's kind of right in the middle. Maybe, you know, it's going from green to brown. The bark's not quite as dark as the established bark on there. So kind of in that medium growth stage, but it should be right. able just to, to, it's got some pliability when you bend the limb but it, it'll snap off when you need it to. I mean, obviously, if it completely cracks off, then it's dead. But there's going to be a little pliability there. Um, really, just starting that, I mean, your best bet is to make sure it's a limb that does have leaves. Leaves are whole, the part of the process that it's got to go through. And then the rooting medium is really important, too. The fact that you've got a clean pot with maybe some peat moss and perlite. Um, for shrubs and things, I know, like even some sand works, but I think for, for your purposes, you'd probably want something with a little more, um, less less density to it than just the sand. So peat moss, perlite, um, ew, and rooting hormone too. Uh, rooting hormone yeah. is just an easy, you know, liquid that you can paint on that fresh cut, and that's going to kind of, uh, you know, enhance the growth process. But I just, I wonder well, if that would work. I mean, I, I think it's worth a try and now's a good time I'm to do it. it. I I'm would. It. Yeah. So it's, okay. so it's Grancy Graybeard. For those of you trying to search it online, it's totally oh, worth it. You were close. G-R-A-N-C-Y. So, okay. yeah. So for those uh, who, who want to look it up, that is totally worth a Google search. I just told Ann, uh, the phone screener, when you called, I said, yeah, you gotta, you gotta look it up. And then your other one was uh, lamb's ear, right? Yes. Now, how do we get that? I, I know I can dig them up and transplant them. Uh, I've done that before, but I want to try to get some from seed <laughs> just to say that I did it. The lamb's ear is a sun-loving perennial, and you wouldn't know it from looking at it because it looks so delicate with the fuzzy, light-light green, right. almost gray-silver leaves. You wouldn't think that that loves the sun, but it does. And when it does grow the flower stalks, that's when I would try to see if that produces any seed head. Kind of watch the stages of the flower stalks as it puts on those flowers and see. I've never really looked. I do have some in my yard and it spreads. It spreads slowly, but it spreads. Um, but I've yeah. never really paid attention to the stalk at, at to what point, you know, it goes to seed. Right. So that would be, that would be worth a look. Wow. You're trying to do some cool things that I wish I knew how to tell you how to do. <laughs> uh, now, when are y'all moving? Well, we're looking like a year and a half, maybe two years I max. Do. Got, yeah, I remember talking to you prior. Because yeah, I, we've I got remember about 35 or 40 plants we want to take mm -hmm. with us because they were all gifts. Yeah, and I and remember we, complimenting you because you're thinking so far ahead now. You're going to get, fine. you know. You gave me a compliment. I, I sure did because you're a smart man <laughs> because you've got four different seasons to be able to deal with some of these plants and, you know, plan ahead. So that's excellent. Yeah. 
And I mean, taking the taking the cuttings now of things like, I mean, we'll try the tree, but I, I can't make any guarantees. I've never propagated a tree, but taking the cuttings of some of the more, you know, woody shrub type things now is a great time to do that. And you keep them uh, just in a bright window. They, they don't need to be outside. Um, but in a bright window, you're going to have to maybe rotate the pot from time to time. And once you and I go here, I'll kind of talk about the rest of the process there. But I think that can totally okay. be done. And you'll have some really established plants probably by midfall. And then at that point, you can transplant them into a normal pot with potting soil. Right. And they'll just be small little guys that you can move. Can I ask you one more plant? Sure. Uh, and I think this is right too. These, like I said, these are all gifts. Your black-eyed Susans. Mm-hmm. They look like a big overgrown daisy, and the uh, yellow finch are coming and eating the seeds out of them. And I'm wondering, is it time for me to cut the heads and try to get some seeds before they eat all of them? Or yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Those are easy to get the seeds from too. So that's a good indication for you when the birds are after them that they're they're going to seed, and that's going to be a lot more easy than the other two things for you to collect some seeds from that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. You're Ashley. so welcome. I'm glad you called again. Anytime. I hope to hear a lot from you before y'all move. Okay, thank you. All right, you. thanks, Bye-bye. Jesse. Have a good morning. 404-872-0750. So, yeah, we're talking about azaleas, camellias, maybe even hollies. Uh, being able to cut, like I was trying to explain to Jesse, that medium growth. I know that you're looking at me like, what? But you can tell what new growth came onto these shrubs this year and is still green and is still young and short. You don't want that but you don't want a stem or a branch that's obviously been been on there a while. So you can kind of tell, maybe when you look at the base, you can tell where it started to go from green to brown, and that's going to be good. When you bend it, it needs to be a little bit flexible, but it's able to snap off as well. So what you want to do, the rooting chamber that you're going to be able to grow this in and give that cutting a chance to establish roots, maybe a six-inch pot. It doesn't need to be anything that big. It could even be an eight-inch pot. And then you take like a two-liter bottle of any kind of soda and just cut the very bottom off where the the feet are kind of, you know, shaped differently at the bottom. Just cut that very bottom off, but you're going to save the entire bottle, the top and the screw-on cap as well. And so cut the bottom of that bottle. Now fill those pots, those six to eight inch pots with a good rooting mixture. So that could be like I told Jesse, maybe peat moss and perlite or gritty sand. And that makes it pretty heavy. It still needs to be watered and all of that, but that sand is just going to hug into that cutting really, really well. So poke the hole into whatever the medium is because you don't want to risk breaking the cutting that you just took. So be able to poke a hole, kind of move it in and around down there. That way it's got a nice tight place to go when you, when you do that cutting or that stem in there. You can take a few cuttings, and that's what I would recommend to Jesse and everybody too. Don't just take one and think you're going to have 100% success. You need to maybe take six or eight, you know, however many you can afford to try, however many pots you've got. And when you take a cutting, it can be four to six inches long, and it needs to have leaves on the top of it. You can strip the leaves from the bottom near where you cut it, but it needs to keep a few leaves on the top. Rooting hormone, you don't have to use, but it certainly is going to help if you dust a little bit of that on there. And then put that cutting in the soil or, or whatever the medium is, whether it's the gritty sand or like a peat moss perlite, and tuck it in, you know, kind of tuck it in around the cutting and all of that. And so when you start, you want that two liter bottle to be set up over the stem, 
kind of get it down into the container pretty well and keep that cap tight. Keep that cap tight because it's going to make a greenhouse effect. It's going to have humidity in there, moisture, which is going to kind of spur the process on for this to develop roots. And now where I think I went wrong with the cutting that I received from Jim Pruckler from the North Georgia Camellia Society back in February, he gave me the two liter bottle and everything. I was ready to go, had that cap on tight. I would remove the entire bottle from the sand, water maybe once a week, had it in a bright window in the garage. I would rotate it. He only gave me a cutting, I think with two or three leaves from the Camellia. That was all it had. But the two liter bottle fit over it just fine. And I tried to move it outside one day, like in spring, when I thought, oh, the weather's getting nice. My little cutting is going to love this spring weather. Well, it, it, it was too bright. It was too hot. And that was just kind of a shock for it. So when we come back, I'll tell you how I rectified it, what the signs were that it was showing me that it was a little stressed out, and how Jim helped me fix it with some great advice. And still, I, that cutting is rocking it from February. Here we are in late July And you too can do this, I promise. If I've babied it and been able to do it successfully, you can too. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, isolated thunderstorms, partly cloudy, and a few showers or storms possible. It's summertime. What can I say? A high of 92 and even warmer tomorrow. Partly cloudy skies, high of 94 and lows. You're looking at it. It's about 72, 73, 74 degrees. And we start off the work week with scattered thunderstorms. Womp womp. So my experience in trying to propagate this really unique camellia from a cutting given to me by the North Georgia Camellia Society um, so, I mean, when you're, I started this in February and I'm, I'm making some progress now. I mean, certainly it's, it's time to harden it off a little bit. Um, I'm not going to plant it yet though, outside what I'm going to do the best time to plant trees and shrubs is fall. So I don't think I'm quite ready to do it this fall. So I can continue to baby it through the winter time, move it into like a legit regular pot, like you would buy at the garden center and just keep it, you know, just hanging out and make sure it's got the soil and all the things it needs. Um, but so where I started to go wrong was this this cutting was just growing so large, almost, you know, about to outgrow this two liter bottle. And so I thought, all right, well, is it time to take the two liter bottle off? So, you know, the cap is on there for a reason, because ever so slightly when you untwist the cap, you're changing the humidity level and the moisture level in that bottle. Right. So. Uh, the leaves started to turn black around the edges. Some of them did. And I reached out to Jim Pruckler and was like, what have I done? Why are some of the new leaves that it's taken so long to put on, why are some of them turning black? So he said, that's a sign of too much moisture, which allows for fungal growth. So the plant was showing signs that it was ready to start the process of hardening off. And that could take six to eight weeks. So if you take the cutting now, you know, you're looking at maybe the end of September, early October, when it's really showing you the signs, I've got enough growth, I've got the energy, so you start the process of hardening off. But Jim reminds me, it needs a gradual adjustment from high humidity, which is what's kept in that bottle when the cap's tight, into the real world. So if you pull the bottle off abruptly, it's just going to die. So to make the adjustment when it starts to show that it's ready, you've got to do it with patience over a week or two. Loosen the bottle cap a little bit, but leave it on. A few days later, loosen it a little more. If the plant has not showed signs of distress, then you might be able to remove the cap completely after about a week, which that's what I've done. So um, if you've lost the cap and maybe you have some plastic wrap or something over the top of the bottle there, you can cut a slit into the bottle 
uh, to vent it a little bit, but he said that's the hardest part of grafting camellias. Patience paid off, and you'll lose a lot if you don't have patience in that process. So he said, good job. It's always tricky to harden off a graft, but he said, you're, you're doing well. So that makes me feel a little bit better. So just keep an eye on that. Water it lightly at the soil surface about once a week with that sand mixture, whatever you've put it in, uh, peat moss, perlite mixture, whatever. But when it really starts to show signs that it's putting on a lot of new growth, it's almost like a little recognizable plant. That's when you can put it into a real pot with soil, a clean pot, mind you. It's got to be clean. It's got to be fresh soil and all of that. But you're going to know, too, in this cutting Uh, chamber type thing that you've created. You know, if you tug on it ever so slightly, you're going to feel like, wow, it's, it's put on roots. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be in there. It's going to be kind of a tight fit. So six to eight weeks, some of these cuttings will be ready until around September. Now, if it's just azaleas or camellias or hollies, you can certainly pop them into the ground. You start the cutting now by September, October, you can plant them in the ground. You may want to put some screening around it or fencing or some kind of protection around it so that deer or something don't trample it. Um, Because it's going to be smaller in the landscape in in comparison with a lot of other things around it. But like I said, with my camellia, I want to make sure I do this right. So I'm just going to move it into a pot with soil, but continue to baby it. Maybe have it out on the back deck, you know, in the fall, not in direct sun, but just let it kind of get used to being outside a little bit. In the wintertime, I'll protect it and then be ready to maybe plant it in the spring. 404-872-0750. I hope I didn't bore you with that too much. But in the next hour, I want to take you on an adventure with house plants and also maybe about getting some luck with orchids advice i got from a caller that has worked wonders made a difference for me so all of that when we return to green and growing hope you're starting off your day well you're listening to 95.5 wsb American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.